What's up to all my freelancers and creatives out there? This is Nathan with another episode of Freelance Jumpstart TV. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about contract essentials. to say I am a web designer. I am not a lawyer. I am not an accountant and I'm not offered any type of legal advice. The things I'm really just going to say and advise come from the fact that I failed in the past and there are some holes that I had in my very own web design business and I should have included them in my contract but I did not. So even though nothing happened I still left myself to be vulnerable on certain levels. The great thing about that is I can take those learnings and present them to you. So now you can benefit from where I failed in the past. The first thing I really want to just cover is, you know, the word contract. I've said this in other videos, but I have to reiterate the point. The word contract seems very legalese and sometimes it seems somewhat strict. Um, I found the friendlier term is to say client agreement, but it's effectively the same as a contract. It's just the implied meaning of client agreement, you're already saying what the client is agreeing to. It just makes more sense. In an earlier episode, I talked about revision cycles. This needs to be a part of the contract as well. I have seen that people have left this out. And what I mean by revision cycle is if you're working on something and it's almost to the point of completion, a certain number of rounds that you will go through or that you and the client can go through and then after that rounds are over, then they either need to move forward with the project or perhaps there'll be a fee for more rounds. The whole point of this is really just to capture this down on the contract and allow the client to agree to it so that you won't be hit with endless feedback and an endless amount of changes that never end. This is an essential of a contract because if you don't have it, you're left vulnerable. Not only that, but you know both parties make too many assumptions. You may assume you don't have to do that many. They may assume they get as many as they want and you want both parties to be satisfied so it's better to just include it. Another essential you need to have in your contract or agreement is an area that talks about the statement of work. So this is where you outline what exactly you're going to do for the client. So um, whatever you agreed upon, whether it's graphic design, whether it's web design, whether it's consulting, advice, photography, whatever it may be, you need to outline this is the service I'm providing or this is the work that I am going to deliver. And that just needs to be stated bluntly and really just outlined, even if it's a number of bullet points, but something that captures, this is the work I'm doing. So if there's ever a discussion about what you did not deliver, you can always go back and say on the agreement, I wrote out what I am going to deliver and either yes, I did or no, I did not. An essential that I never really included in the past and had to find out through experience what happens later is a section that talks about cancellation. So what happens when both parties or both sides, someone decides to cancel? Maybe you're about 50% through the project and the client says, hey, due to budget constraints or some other reason, we're gonna have to cancel the project. If you don't have anything written down that speaks to this, then both parties make assumptions. You either assume I did the work pay me or they say, well, there was no term that I agreed to that said I had to pay you. You know, I was expecting to pay you when the project was complete. Who is the winner? That's why the best thing is to write out what happens when someone cancels. So outline something that says to the effect of, hey, if we're 50% through the project, then what we agreed upon, I need to be paid 50% of 
you know, what the amount we agreed upon as far in terms of the cost. Maybe it's not the client who cancels. Maybe some personal issues pop up for you as a creative and you need to cancel. Well then once again, what happens? You know, do you take the funds and refund their money back? Do you keep half? It's better to just outline everything that happened. Another essential that I missed out on in the client agreement in the past was ownership and copyright. In other words, who owns what? If you're a graphic designer, perhaps you made a particular graphic for a client. So who really owns that? Are you as a designer able to sell that on a t-shirt in the future? Or was that design specifically made for one client and they're the ones who own it? Whatever it may be, it has to be outlined. So either you're leasing or licensing what you're producing to the client or you're just giving it to them totally and it's for them to use. Either way, outline it in the client agreement so it's clearly understood who owns what at the end of the day. Following up on that point, um, I used to make an assumption, which is why this is essential to the contract as well. You need to discuss that you have the right as a creative, as the designer, as the consultant, whatever it may be, that you have the right to reference the work that was produced in your portfolio or on some type of you know, public medium. With all the social media we have, Facebook, Instagram, you know, Periscope, uh, Meerkat, um, Snapchat, the list goes on. So much social media outlets that we have, it's easy to say working on a project for a client, look at what I did and maybe you tweet it out there on Twitter or something like that. That's something that needs to be discussed and that's something that needs to be agreed upon. Perhaps the client didn't want the work they're doing made public. You know, maybe their competitors would look at it and either, you know, try to capitalize on it or use it as an opportunity to market against them. So really don't assume that, you know, you have to take the time to say, let's discuss as client and consultant, or let's discuss as client to freelancer, you know, who has the ability to publicize the work that was done. For this, I've learned it's best to have some language in my client agreement that says, I will produce this work for you. And I have the ability to reference the work in my portfolio on my website and other websites. And I have the ability to talk about this is the work that I did. This is the work that was delivered. It's just best to have that there and it's clear so that nobody is confused. But often before publicizing a certain case study or putting it on my portfolio, I'll let the client know I'm doing so. And I may even ask them for a testimony or quote, you know, just as a common courtesy, but it's better to have that written down in the client agreement just so that's something that was signed and understood. There are many more things that I can say about essentials that belong in a contract client agreement. However, what I'm about to say is of the utmost importance and needs to be a requirement for your client agreement. You need to have some language that talks about liability and indemnity. In other words, what are you responsible for? And based upon certain legal things that can happen in the future, where does your work hit a limit in responsibility? Let me simplify what I'm saying and make it a little more clear. Let's say you're working with a client and they ask you for a certain number of work. Um, you do the work, you deliver the work, they pay you for the work. But then in some future time, in some future state, a third party comes along and sues your client. And they say, we believe, you know, the client set up a website and this whole website really is a violation of certain copyrights we have in place and is a violation of certain patents and products that we have registered. So we are suing them and everything that they have. It's a possibility that your name may come up 
in a court documents or something of that nature, and it's revealed that the work you produced was used fraudulently, and the work that you produced was used to violate someone else's business. You don't want your name attached to that, so you need to have a statement that says, you know, I'm doing this work in good faith, I'm doing this work for this particular client to the best of my knowledge. I can't be held responsible for if they choose to use my work wrongly. Even before the point to where you even get to needing to write a statement about liability, the better thing is to research your client up front. You know, so if somebody comes to you and they say, hey, you know, I want to work with you. I like your work. You know, am I able to work with you? Don't just look at them, see if you like the project and take it. Take some time to research the company, research the person that came to you, see if you can find out, you know, something about their character, something about their identity, something that shows they are who they say they are. A quick Google search can save you a lot of time and headache. So just take the time to research even before you even get to the point of needing to fill out a contract client agreement. Thank you for taking the time to check out this video. I greatly appreciate it. If you like this video, give it a thumbs up. Don't forget to subscribe just so you can be notified of new videos just like this one. If you're listening on the podcast, then go ahead and go to freelancejumpstart.tv slash 36 and you'll be able to see the show notes for this particular episode. Just as a final thought, I said a lot about what the essentials of a contract are. The best thing to do is Begin to craft a contract of the essentials of what you need, you know, statement of work, liability, different things like that. But the better thing it really is to have a lawyer or someone who is in the legal arena look over the contract and look over the language just to ensure that it says what you want it to say and the words are clear if anything was to ever go legal. I'm not a lawyer and I'm not giving legal counsel. I'm literally just a guy telling you what I've learned in the past from my mistakes. So as I mentioned, it's better to seek professional on that. But yeah, you can learn from what I just said too. Well, until the next video, I will catch you later. See ya.